Well, it's great to be with you today. I want to add my welcome. My name is Phil Varley and I'm one of the pastors here and it's my privilege to speak today. But I just want to say before we jump into today's message, if you haven't had a chance to watch or catch up with last Sunday, I really want to encourage you to do that. Steve spoke on the issue of race and justice and the gospel, such a critical kingdom issue. And I want to really ask you to to watch that and and to pray and engage with it. Today we're going to get back into our Proverbs series and I'm going to take you to Proverbs 14 verse 15, a very short little proverb, only 12 words, but very profound I think and I, I believe helpful in this season. And it says these, these words, the simple believe anything but the prudent give thought to their steps. And Proverbs 4 verse 26 says something very similar, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Uh, All of us have been living in days of enormous change. Um, Maybe it might be well be that 2020 will be one of those years that the history books looks back on as a pivotal year in history. The impact of COVID-19 we know has changed the world as you know as many of us have known it. It's going to carry on impacting the world enormously going forward. Um, And obviously on top of that has come the appalling racist murder of George Floyd, which has, along with other awful racist incidents, has highlighted again really what is the demonic presence of racism in our world, we know in our own nation, and we are praying for this year to be a pivotal year where real change comes in the issue of race and justice. But all of us are walking through these enormous days. We are believing for and and attempting to build lives and construct our lives and make wise choices through these days. And these days are, I know, talking to many people, hugely demanding emotionally, confusing, disorienting, emotional, and at times deeply distressing. And I think that's one of the reasons for me that I've kept coming back to this proverb, because I think in this very small little proverb, there are some things that God wants to help us learn about how to navigate through seasons, how to build a life that prevails even through seasons which are massively demanding. Jesus tells a story in Matthew 7 about two builders and uh, it's a very famous story but one of the builders builds a house, a life if you like, which stands and prevails even in the midst of storms. And Proverbs 14 is basically about Building a life, being careful about our life, being thoughtful about the steps and the choices we make and building it wisely so it prevails. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and says these words, Watch your life and your doctrine closely. In other words, Paul says to Timothy, be attentive to your life. Think carefully about your life. Be attentive to your emotions and what you're thinking about, what you're being drawn to. Watch it closely. Be thoughtful. Years ago, uh, when I was at junior school, I think I was about seven, I was trying to remember how old I would have been. I got home from school one day with my kind of one of my older brothers, and we got home and both my parents were out. My dad was normally out that time of day working up in London. My mum often would have been back by then, but she was out. And we kind of didn't really know what to do with ourselves. We thought she'd been in. So we kind of hung out in the front garden for a little while, and then we kind of thought, well, well, we have two options, I guess. One is we could continue just to be in the garden and kind of enjoy the sun. Or we could do what any sane seven and ten-year-old would do, which is we would attempt to break into our house. 
Which option do you think we chose, option A or option B? Well, clearly option A would be a very boring preaching story. So we went for option B and we decided, probably because we'd watched too much TV where people did this kind of stuff, that it would be a great idea to break into our house. So we began by trying to pick the lock because we'd seen people do that on TV. And I think we picked up a stick from the front garden, shoved it in the lock, and uh, surprise, surprise, that didn't work very well. In fact, it just got snapped in the lock and we just jammed the lock. And if my dad is watching this message, which I suspect you are, I want to apologize, dad, for destroying your front door. Not to be deterred though, we thought, well, if we can't pick the lock with the stick, we should smash the front door in because that way we'll definitely get in the house. And our front door at the time was a wood kind of framed front door which had lots of glass panels and uh, running down to the front door was a kind of concrete path on a bit of a slope. It was designed brilliantly for young children to get ahead of steam up as they ran towards the door. And me and my brother decided that it'd be brilliant to run at the front door, throw ourselves at it, not head first, I'd like you to know, which is probably about the only wise decision we made in this whole scenario, and throw ourselves against the door shoulder first and see if we could break the door in. So we did that. He went first and I came and then he went. And after a while, we didn't make much impact to begin with until I went on probably the third or fourth occasion. And I charged down the front path, threw myself against the door, and then I heard the sound of smashing glass as my elbow went through one of the panes of glass. And I remember distinctly, as my elbow went through the glass, I remember the thought suddenly shooting through my head. What have we done? Like, wh why, why are we running down the front door, front path, trying to throw ourselves and smash in my parents' front door? Like, why did we not think? Who thought this was a good idea? Why didn't my brother stop me? What were we thinking? Why didn't we think? What's going to happen when mum gets home? What's going to happen when my dad gets home? Why didn't we think? And Proverbs 14 kind of says we have two options mainly in our lives, that we can live thoughtful, considered lives where we are careful about the steps of our lives. Wise people do that. Or we cannot. It's possible to not be thoughtful, to be thoughtless and effectively to believe what anybody tells us, to adopt the culture and the values of popular culture all around us, to, to do what we see on TV or to emulate what we see on social media. And effectively, we can live our whole lives running down the front path, throwing ourselves at the front door, never really asking why. And obviously, we want to build wise lives. We, the world needs people who build wise lives lives and are careful about the steps and the choices of their lives. So I want to speak really in the time remaining about six aspects to being thoughtful and considered about our lives and building our lives carefully and attentively and navigating really through this season and other seasons of our life. And as we go through them, I want to suggest that you think about maybe which of these you're good at already and maybe which ones you're not so strong at. And if you're not sure which ones you're not so strong at, there may be somebody else in the room with you right now who can help you with that particular issue. So here's the first one. I believe to live a thoughtful, considered life requires slowing down or at times even stopping. Now, it's not to say we can't process at speed. We can process on the run. We, you know, we can move from this activity to this one, from this meeting to this meeting, and we can be processing. We can literally process as we run. I do that sometimes when I go out running. Though, to be honest, 
the main thought that goes through my head when I run is, God, please let this end soon. But I want to suggest that really to to think carefully and thoughtfully about our lives at a deeper, more proactive level means that often we have to create moments when we stop and we withdraw from activity. And the reason for this is because when we stop, we create, we step back. And when we step back, we create space. And when we create space, we start to see things again properly. Years ago, Sarah and I uh, were fortunate enough to buy our first house. And it was a very cute little house in the middle of Catford. Uh, But it had a hideously evil red swirly carpet in the hallway. And I remember we spotted this carpet as we kind of viewed the house for the first time. We're like, "Ah, what is that thing? We saw it when we kind of moved first in. We kept seeing it as we began to decorate it and sort the house. But the weirdest thing was that after a little while, after living in the house for a while, we just stopped seeing it. It was still there. We just didn't see it anymore. Why don't you look around your room right now, wherever you're watching this message and see if you can spot something in your room that you just haven't spotted for a while. You know, where is the paint peeling off the wall? Or is there even a section of your wall missing? Sometimes when we just don't stop, we just don't see. And that's a bit like our lives. When we just keep going and doing, when we're active all the time, we miss things. But when we stop, when we reflect, when we think, when we step back, we start to see things again. We start to think things we're grateful for, we can give thanks, but also sometimes we start to see other things that maybe need to change that aren't so good. God models this to us in creation. Every day we're told God creates and then he saw, he created and then he reflected. He reflects, oh, it's good, it's good. Each day he create and then he'd see. And then obviously there's a day where he creates and he sees Adam and he thinks it's not good for Adam to be alone. So we see this rhythm of creating activity and reflecting, seeing. God, if you like, creates a rhythm for us to live within. He called the Sabbath. And he says, six days I want you to be active and work hard. On the seventh day I want you to stop and I want you to step away from activity. I want you to slow down. And the Sabbath obviously is a much bigger topic than I can handle right now. But part of Sabbath is to step back, to enjoy, to reflect, to be grateful. But as we reflect, we see things about our life, things that we celebrate and things that maybe we need to change or maybe we need to engage with more. And when we stop, we get the kind of mental and emotional capacity to ask ourselves questions. How am I doing? How am I feeling? Why am I concerned? Why am I anxious about these issues? How's it going with the people I care about or my work or where am I in my faith? But if we don't stop, I want to suggest we have limited capacity really to see and therefore to question and potentially to change and grow. So thoughtfulness requires slowing and stopping. The second thing I want to say is this. I think thoughtfulness requires listening. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone close to you, maybe a heated debate, let's call it that, uh, where partway through that person says to you, you're not listening. And in response, if you're really stupid, a bit like me, you might say, oh, no, no, I am listening. I've heard everything you've said. Now, that's obviously, you know, that is not what they need to hear. Uh, That has been said to me. 
in the past. In fact, it's been, I've had that conversation this week. In fact, I may have even had it last night and possibly again this morning. And when someone says that to you, they're not saying, have you heard the words physically through your ears? What they're saying is, I don't feel like you're valuing me. I don't feel like you're leaning into my perspective. I don't feel like you're trying to understand me. I don't think you're listening. And listening is a key component to building a life uh, carefully. And we're going to talk in a moment about like listening to others. But I want to talk about, mo- just in this moment, about learning to listen to the Holy Spirit because part of listening to God means that we start to, we can build lives carefully and in a way that's considered. Some of you know we have good friends from Chicago called Steve and Cindy Nicholson. And uh, they come to our church most years and they help us as a staff team and an eldership. And they often come to our house for, for tea on one occasion during the week they're with us. And there was one moment they were with us one year where uh, one of our kids was asking them the question, when you have a prophetic word, how do you know it's God speaking to you rather than you just made it up? And Steve kind of sort of said, well, you just have to bring it and find out. And they'd ask the same question, but how do you know? Well, he'd say, well, you just have to bring it and find out. But then he said these words, which have stuck with me ever since. He said, but I bet you anything you like, God is speaking to you more than you realize. And those words have stuck with me ever since. That God is speaking to us often more than we realize. And if we just take the time to create the space to be attentive to him, just to turn our own volume down and go, God, I want to hear you. What we find is God is speaking and we start to hear what he has to say. That happens to me quite a lot. If I create space for God, if I just stop for a while and I listen, I hear him. Sometimes it's as simple as a thought drops into my mind about a person that maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging me to contact or call or to, yeah, to make, to make some kind of contact with, to ring them. Or maybe the Holy Spirit just reminds me of an area that I'm anxious about, that's running in the background of my thinking, that I just need to kind of relinquish to him and I need to come to him and, and give it to him and admit that I can't fix everything and that I know he's in control. But I've learned this, that the more space I allow God to speak into my life, the more I hear him. And I think people who build their lives carefully are people who are attentive to what God is saying and they give space to God to speak. Now, very closely related to that is the issue of prayer. I think wise people who build their lives well, who want to navigate through this season well, are people who pray. That if you build in space, if you step back, if you think, inevitably you end up praying. Now, I don't even know which way around this works for me. Sometimes I start to pray and I end up thinking about things. Sometimes I'm thinking and I end up praying. But I know that as I give God time, as I start to think and reflect about my life, about the people I care about, about what matters, I always end up praying. I think last time I spoke I talked about the fact that during this season of lockdown, I found myself waking up very early in the morning and that has continued. I feel like I live in a different time zone to uh, some of the rest of my family. I'm just up and sometimes when I'm up, I grab a cup of tea and I go for a walk in our area and I will often find myself thinking and then as I think, I pray. It's just seamless one to the other and I find God is shaping my thinking. I find God's just 
shaping me in terms of just the things that I'm anxious about, that I don't need to be anxious. He changes my perspective on, and I'm, I start to pray about the things that are on my mind. And all I can say to you is that as I do that, I come away from those times feeling more settled, feeling more centered, and just feeling more at ease because I know there's somebody else who's in control and it's not me. And wise people who want to build a life and who want to be careful about their steps know that prayer is critical because wise people know that we're never supposed to live independent lives but always dependent lives. That there are always areas of our life where we just don't know what to do and we feel resourceless. But we have one who's full of resource, who cares for us. So wise people pray and they bring their thoughts and their anxieties to him. The fourth thing I want to say is this. I believe thoughtfulness or building a life carefully or reflectively requires openness. And what I mean by that is sometimes we just need to go and see people that we trust that are wise and invite them to speak into our life. Over the years, Sarah and I have done that with people we trust on lots of occasions. And we've just gone and told them we're we're finding this issue hard or we don't know what to do about this or we're stuck here. And we invite them in. And we have found it an absolutely critical part of trying to build our lives carefully, trying to be wise. In fact, Proverbs 15 says this, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. It's absolutely critical as a way of building your life carefully. But I think the, in, my experience, in my experience, the amazing thing is, is that lots of people just don't do this for a whole range of reasons. They don't invite people in. So I want to challenge you, if you're walking through a season where you think, oh, I just need some help, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling to know how to respond or feel about this issue, then find people you trust and invite them in. Talk to them about what's going on. Often the issue of inviting people in is linked to the issue of humility. And wise people are humble enough to know they don't have all the answers. And it's okay, it's right, in fact, to ask people to help them. So I want to encourage you to do that. Here's the fifth thing. Thoughtfulness, building our lives carefully, requires choosing. Now, we often go out for a walk as a family. Most weekends we go out maybe once or twice And when we go out, we play this game. It's not a great game, but it's quite a fun discussion. And it's basically the yes-no game. And it involves uh, dogs, because uh, certainly some of us, our family, love dogs. And so basically, if we see a dog we really love that we'd like to take home, and say, yes, and someone will say, dad, yes. But if it's a no, if we see a dog that basically shouldn't be allowed out in public, it's a no, a yes and no. Now, those two words, yes and no, are incredibly powerful words and wise people know how critical it is to be careful about what we say yes to and what we say no to. Jesus himself says in Matthew 5 verse 37, let your yes be your yes and let your no be your no. Now Proverbs 14 says, look, unwise people kind of believe, they just believe anything. In other words, they just will just go along with whatever anybody else is thinking or doing. They don't question. They live kind of reactive lives. And it means they can be very casual about what they say yes to and what they say no to. But wise people know 
that you cannot be casual about yes and no. Because what you say, when you say yes to something, you're always inevitably saying no to something else. If I spend my money here, I can't spend it over here. If I, if I spend money here, I can't give it over here. If I choose this job that involves lots of travel, I know there's not much of that going on right now, but if I do that, it means I'm saying no to being around my family. Now, that may not necessarily be wrong, but we need to know that every yes comes with a cost. If I keep saying yes to my phone all the time, and I keep giving attention to my phone, then I'm almost inevitably not giving attention to someone else. And wise people question whether those things are right or wrong. Whereas other people just don't question it at all. They just go along with it. Which means that you and I, if we want to build lives wisely, need to be very clear on what is important and what counts and what our values are and what we are aiming for. And we need to make sure we say yes to the things that line up with what matters and count the most and no to other things. And I've learned that often people don't like it when you say no. They don't, they don't take it very well. But here's the thing you have to remember. God gives you your life to steward and to live it well. And you don't, he doesn't give you your life to please other people. So we have to make sure that we follow Jesus' words, that we say yes, let our yes be our yes, and let our no be our no. And that those two words define our life in a big way. Lastly, this, thoughtfulness and building our lives thoughtfully always requires trust, always. And the reason for that is because wise people know that despite how much we think and reflect and pray and plan and try and choose wisely and carefully, there is always a gap between what we're praying for and planning for and what might happen. In other words, wise people accept the fact that we're not in control of the circumstances. But wise people also know and we believe in that there is one who is. Proverbs 3 has these great verses, says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now, if you put Proverbs 3 and Proverbs 14 together, it means that wise people are thoughtful and careful about the steps of their lives. But at the same time, they are trusting in, they know there's a gap and that we are often stepping into the gap. And when we step into the gap, they are trusting and relying and hoping in one who, while we are careful about our steps, he will make our paths straight. That's an amazing promise. We choose to try and be careful about our step, but God, I'm praying you will make my path straight, that ultimately you're in control. Now, there's someone who loves us so much that ultimately he works all things together for the good of those who love him, even though sometimes we can't see how he's going to do that. I'm going to close with just mentioning one of my favourite Bible passages, Matthew 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples about anxiety. Don't be worried about tomorrow, he's saying. He says, he ends it actually with a phrase, that goes, because each day has enough trouble of its own, which always seems an odd thing to talk about when we are trying to stop people feeling anxious. But right in the middle, he says some amazing words. He says, look, look at the birds and see how God cares for them. And look at the flowers and how they flourish, how God is looking after them. And know how much your father loves you and cares for you. So you're so much more valuable than they. But then he says these amazing words, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. 
wise people know that there are no guarantees about the outcome of every and any scenario, but they also know and they believe that they have a father who loves them, that we have one who loves them, who's for us, who promises that if we put him first, if we seek him, if we line up our choices as best we can with, with his kingdom, then he'll look after us. And as we think carefully about our steps, about our days, about our weeks, he will make our path straight. Wise, careful living always involves trust. Let's pray together. I want to pray as we close this message. Lord Jesus, we just want to ask you to help us build our lives uh, with you, for you, in line with you. I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak very clearly to our hearts about the areas that you maybe want us to grow and help us to build lives which honour you, where we live the lives you're calling us to. Help us to navigate through this very demanding season. And yeah, we just ask for your help and your work in our lives. And I pray for anyone here today who's listening, who needs you, God, very close to them right now. I pray that they would sense your presence in their lives and right now. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.